0: Welcome to The New Chemist. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a variety of other platforms. On The New Chemist podcast, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is a science of change, as well as community research, COVID-19, and careers. We're glad you're listening. My guest today is Sebastian Kaff, a medical student in the Medical Partnership between Augusta University and University of Georgia. He's a hardworking, industrious young man and has been a colleague and friend of mine for several years from Georgia Tech. His research career spans a vast period of time, starting in 2015, um, continuing in 2016 at Morrill School of Medicine to Parker H. Petit Institute for Bioengineering and Bioscience in 2017, and then on to Emory University School of Medicine in 2018 to 2019. Um, Sebastian Kauf is a passionate young person and is really interested in science research and medicine. It is a joy to have him as a guest today on this podcast. Please welcome Sebastian. Kauf. Thanks, Sebastian, for joining me today. It's so good to hear from you, um, dude. It's been a it's been a while. It's been a while since we spoke. Um, yeah, the it's last pretty, time, great to talk to you. Yeah, the last time I remember when we took that, um, we took biochemistry with Dr. Oyoleri. Was, was it Dr. Oyoleri? Oh,
1: yeah, oh yeah.
0: And also we were in that um, what sociology class and oh, I forgot the in the public policy building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think those are those are memories I have of our interactions, and those are good good interactions. So um Sebastian getting started. What have been your long-standing interest in the field of science?
1: Um, well for as long as I can remember I've been interested in, in you know various elements of science including neuroscience behavioral science, evolution some of my studies uh, being you know going into philosophy too um, and in particular the philosophy of science uh, basically how can we continue to progress our fund of knowledge and you know an in, in ethical and population conscious way while we fulfill you know our private and public incentives that, that drive that building that fund of knowledge. And, uh, you know, medicine is also a great vehicle to try and do that with. Um, so that, that kind of ended up combining what, you know, sort of my philosoph- philosophical visions and um, sort of my interests in, in, in the hard sciences. So um, yeah, those are the sort of undercurrents of, of my undergraduate and graduate research.
0: Okay, good, good. So I have a question to you. How did you figure out what you were interested in? Because I think that's a lot of people's uh, concern. I've spoken to a number of my friends and colleagues and some, and I dare say some of my colleagues in graduate school who are still trying to figure out their interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you decide on narrowing on your interests?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, ironically, one of the best ways to do it is to experiment, um, you know, even okay. Even if it's not science that you're that you're necessarily interested in, um, you know, experimenting with what's out there, seeing what you can get spo- getting exposed to as much as possible. I mean, um, you know, funny story when I when I started out at, at Georgia Tech, um, I was in mechanical engineering. I, uh, I I came in had had kind of you know been inspired to pursue medicine for other reasons in my life, but never really considered it to be a possibility. But mm. um, you know. I think I I was sitting in a in my first mechanical engineering class and um, was told to draw my hand or draw, you know, the Georgia Tech Tower and and so on. And um, I realized that first, I'm a terrible artist. That's fair. Thinking about how we were going to get this 3D pool to uh, to be a part of a manufacturing workflow. Um, so I realized, you know, let's take a look around here and look around and see what else is out there. Um, take a second look, started, you know, looking into what what is a pharmacy like? What, is, what does a doctor do? Um, you know, looked at some other careers too, but then started, you know, shadowing some docs and all that, and that I, I got lucky early on in my career to, to kind of see that and say oh look this is something that I could do but I think primarily it's experiment if I hadn't sat in that class you know even pretty uncomfortable and I stuck with it for a little bit but I was pretty uncomfortable and realized look this is just not for me mm-hmm. um, but if you don't if you don't give something a fair shot um, then you're also not doing it justice either so you know experimenting giving things a, a good shot and then put you know putting it back on the bookshelf as soon as you're done you know checking out a future
0: yeah that's good that's good. That's very good. So how do you maintain view of the bigger picture in your career and in your life in general? How do you see the forest for the trees, given all the obstacles? You've been successful as a student. I think we can both agree on that. Um, how do you maintain view of the bigger picture?
1: That's a, that's a great question. That's a topic I'm, I'm actually pretty passionate about. Um, you know, your career is just, it's just one element of your life, or at least I hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but funny. at the same time, it, you know, your, your career can become a defining factor in your identity and uh, how you shape a lot of your lifelong development mm-hmm. um, and, and progression as a human being, right? Um, especially in careers like yours and, and my own, where a long period of education is it's a prerequisite, you know, things like doctoral research or healthcare, it's really easy to get bogged down and lost in the, in the long-term view, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have all this stuff to worry about, um, developing your professional relationships and on and so forth, but life doesn't put itself on hold for you, right? Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't slow down, you know, your family, your friends, your relationships, your hobbies, mm-hmm. your fitness, everything that's running in parallel to your, to your professional journey um, becomes part of your balancing game. Um, and I'm certainly no expert at this balancing game myself, but I found that, you know, paradoxically, mm. the more you invest into those other aspects of your life outside of your career, um, the more vitality you're able to bring to yeah. your professional life. Right. Um, the more of a person that you are when you walk into to work every day and mm-hmm. are able to engage with other people about things that uh, matter, things that don't matter, things, everything in between. And uh, and and have an enjoyable time, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think you know keeping keeping the bigger picture in mind is is so critical, and the the parts about it um, that I think are the most critical are just realizing what's actually important. You know, your career is important, but um, so is your health, and so is your uh, your family and and your, your relationships. So, I think those are. The more the more time you put into those, the the easier it's able you're able to you know, have a better perspective about it. Your-
0: yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and I think um, I think it depends on the person and the stage of life that you're at because the big picture may look different for different people. So yeah, you know I think oh, yeah. I think one of the ways we're able to get that helicopter view is to examine our values and to mm-hmm. see how that's being shaped by the situation or how they can conform or influence the situation. So. Mm-hmm. How have you been adoptive and creative in the field of science?
1: Oh man, um, being flexible is, is definitely a, a key part in, uh, in every field of science. You know, as you know, um, for example, I guess in, in research, you would know this better than I do. It's easy to get caught up in envisioning the, the perfect experiment and a perfect world where oh, yeah. uh, the controlled variables all you know, sit in a line for you and, and give, them, give your data.
0: Yeah, I know, right? And, and, You're and having an experiment. ice cream sundae experiment, yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. but you have all these real-world variables that interfere with that vision, uh-huh. right? Time restrictions, you know, regulation, responsibilities, institutional oversight, all that kind of stuff. But um, Experimental error out...
0: as well. Sorry? Experimental error as well.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Things don't always go to plan. Oh. Um, but um, there was this one project, which I'm actually doing, right now, and it's why well, I'm thinking of it. Uh, one of my projects, I joined this orthopedic um, trauma research group, and, you know, we were running a project on pain medicine, and we we're getting all this data from a bunch of different countries on this protocol that I helped develop, but um, I was sitting, um, you know, in one of my other rotations one day and thinking, man, I'm, I'm going up to this clinic for, for six weeks. Um, what if, you know, there was a way to compare the population that's at this clinic um, up in North Georgia to uh, this um, other big, large academic medical centers. And so um, I, I reached out to the, to the doctor that was you know, running this clinic up here. I reached out to my team. I reached out to my institution. And uh, basically, we set it up so that we could do this project up here you know, while I was doing my rotation up here. And so while I'm living up here, getting to do a research project that I'm passionate about, that's, you know, at, at all these, you know, big shot academic institutions um, and just do it in a, in a totally different setting, um, just kind of speaks to, you know, always looking for opportunities to, to be flexible. You know, you don't have much time as a student and how do you make that time valuable and how do you make that time, uh, you know, good for you and your career. So, you know, I've tried to, you know, keep on the lookout for those sorts of things. And um, you just never know who might be willing to help you out with, with what you have in mind, because for the most part, your ideas are probably pretty good. And so, um, you know, ask around and people will point you in the right direction.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So how did you find the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually? How did you find that? How did you find Georgia Tech? How did you find um, MCG, Medical College of Georgia?
1: Well, I think I think there's I think there's a lot of different environments I could reference, um, but I think I'm going to take a different approach to this question. Sure. Um, I think you know I could talk about how I chose a medical school or chose an undergraduate college or chose a research team or how I'm going about choosing a, a specialty in medical and medicine. Um, but I think the most critical environment that we're asked to choose is our people, our friends, mm-hmm. um, because. I think it's vitally important to you know examine which relationships are pushing you in the right direction maybe pushing you to achieve what you previously maybe thought was a pipe dream or something that was like just an afterthought of oh man it would be cool if i could do that but you know it's just you know i don't want to do all the things that it would require and take of me and all the things i would have to sacrifice to get there but finding the people that that believe in you and they're also on a constant path of of defining their own purpose, um, and who you can like share that journey with. I think that's the environment you want, um, and I, I don't think that those people have to necessarily be doing the same thing or that they're doing, you know, similar things. Even I think when they have their own journey that that you can engage in and kind of escape from your own little world, and 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 share your wisdom with each other. I think I think that's the environment that can help and kind of apply to everyone. So I've tried to put, put a lot of, you know, healthy, healthy effort into, into cherishing those relationships that I have outside of outside of my intellectual or my academic ones, um, because I, I keep coming back and finding that those are the ones that, that are able to let me thrive.
0: Wow. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep, dude. <laughs> that's very deep. I'm going to have to re-listen to this episode just to hear that snippet, but yeah, um, <laughs> um what, what how do you maintain a balanced life given all your responsibilities and accomplishments so are you in an md pro, you are an md or md phd just i'm in an md and M- just
1: an md program okay, yeah cool
0: so um how do you maintain view of the bigger picture i mean not bigger picture how do you maintain a balanced life rather um given all your responsibilities and accomplishments
1: um i i run away from all my responsibilities <laughs> okay that's fair that's, fair. No, that's how you and no, i mean do, that and i mean that, I mean that literally. Um, I mean that. Mm-hmm. No, I mean that literally. Um, you know, I think I think uh, running and, and striving for some level of fitness and mm. and has kept me actually sane throughout all these years. I think. Trust
0: this, me, I joined the club. I joined. Yeah, club.
1: yeah, yeah, right. I mean, isn't it isn't it just such a such a good way to get away from from everything that you're doing? I love I love racing. I love competing. I love setting new milestones, all that stuff. And actually, the funny story. Um, I, 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 at some point was super ambitious and decided to join, uh, you know, the Georgia tech triathlon club, which, you know, I, th- I thought it would be a new way for me to try all these different sports and all this stuff. Okay. I realized I, you know, I got myself a nice road bike, got myself some sleek triathlon shorts. Um, but I realized after doing laps in the pool for hours and, and riding 20, 30, 40 miles that I just, I hated that. And all I liked was the running. <laughs> all it all it made made me realize was that i just like running more Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so that that was you know a fun journey but but in all seriousness i think you know having that that escape i mean you know we've already talked about you know having a life outside of your career and all that kind of stuff but Mm. um, you know just having a a physical way to to you know show that you're improving yourself and, and having a good time while doing it i think that's that's a great way to, to stay balanced.
0: Yeah, man. And also, you know, I was reading something from the Harvard Business Review, and one of the things that can help is having response oriented thinking, which you consider the features of the situation that you can improve, the positive impact that you can personally have. Can you contain any negatives of the situation? And what can I do to begin addressing the problem now? So, things like that, I think they help you to maintain balance or keep things under control for, sorry, as best as possible. Um, yeah,
1: how do, you, how do you how do you how do you how do you try
0: to maintain maintain uh, balance? Yeah, so balance? That's the, okay, that's the question on me. Let's go, let's go. So um, <laughs> how do I maintain balance, dude? It, it's it's sometimes it's it's a challenge. Sometimes it's a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I I I echo the sentiment of one of my former podcast guests. I have balanced days and balanced moments. Oh, uh, sure. he he made the statement that he tries to keep the Fluctuations, if you think of your life like a sinusoidal wave, he tries to keep the fluctuations. So, the amplitude on the trough, the crest in the trough, within a specific bound. Mm-hmm. So, they fluctuate to a certain extent. So, yeah, you have your highs and your lows, days where you're very balanced when you're not as balanced, but it's all within a specific boundary. And I think the boundary would probably be your core values and priorities for that specific instance. So, that's
1: a great way to, to, to think about it.
0: Yeah, that's that's how I try to do it, but some days I'm not as balanced as I need to be, and that's the honest truth. So how have you been so successful as a student? (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, (laughs) so far, so
1: good. Um, I would say so. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I mean, like a lot of my colleagues, you know, I I think there's a certain amount of dedication that we put into this part of your life. And, um, you know, you you educate yourself so that you can have a career that's that's impactful and, and has you know, intellectual stimulation and all that all that good stuff that, that we're seeking, you know, as, as people in science. Um, but I also think keeping the long term vision, I mean, we, we earlier we talked about how the long term vision isn't everything. But at the same time, you know, we also just talk about balance and how this educative period is not forever, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a temporary thing. And uh, we make a lot of sacrifices to be successful students. Oh, yes. and, you know, I could go into that whole topic you know for for hours right about how many years we spend doing this and and all that but you know we also understand that those sacrifices are not forever yeah they're not permanent
0: yeah and that
1: you you get out of your training what what you put into it um Mm -hmm. so you know getting most out of it while you can you can turn it into an, an enjoyable challenge um because i think the more we enjoy what we do you know success kind of comes along secondary to that right you don't you don't um you don't get success and then enjoy that i think that's often the the paradigm that's proposed to people is that once you get once you're successful then you'll finally be happy but if you can sort of flip that on its head figure out what make what's making you happy what's driving you and
0: then the success kind of comes along
1: as it as it reveals itself to you once you once you figured out your formula
0: yeah that's true and i think i think you know, at the end of the day, we have to take one hundred percent responsibility for where we are and what has happened, um, as best as much as possible, for the most part in our lives. And also, we have to take ownership of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, because I think that allows us to direct, influence, change, and start to counteract whatever is occurring in our environment. So, yeah, I completely agree with you, Sebastian, on that. Completely agree with you. And yeah, me too, I could go, we could go have a long conversation about sacrifices that we have had to give, like parties we didn't go to, friends we couldn't hang out with, all those types of things. But yes, you know, I think, of course, that too requires balance as well, because, you know, like certain things I won't sacrifice uh, for academic uh, prestige, academic prestige or articulated prestige, like my family and things like that, my faith things like that. Um, I'm not going to sacrifice those things because those are priorities. Those are part of my core values. My personal is tied to those things. So right. yeah. So, how have you maintained vision and teamwork in your environment?
1: You know, I think, I mean, t- teamwork is obviously everything, especially in a field like healthcare. You know, I, I'm, I'm humbled every single day that I work with my colleagues in, in all parts of science, whether they're the nurse that's making sure that dozens of people get their medication at the exact right time, you know, which is an extreme challenge um, to, you know, the, the statistician who's helping us, you know, crunch numbers day after day after day to make our data somewhat presentable. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the person that's cooking to ensure everyone that in the hospital has something to eat. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I could go on forever listing all the roles that people play. And, you know, I think, maintaining that vision kind of comes back to thinking about what everyone is doing and waking up every single day to get behind and 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 come and do for everyone that's there Mm. I think think just empathizing with what people do I mean I think it would be great if everyone could spend a day at least a day if not more in someone else's shoes I mean you always hear the paradigm that you know the doctors always think the nurses are just hanging out and putting in you know all these orders. And then the nurses think the doctors are just sitting around and, and behind a computer and doing all this stuff. But um, and you can give a lot of examples of that. But, um, you know, once we realize how much work is going on in mm-hmm. someone's daily life, um, you, you start to see how much brain power goes into, you know, a single patient is it's pretty, pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and power as well. So yeah, Yeah, just maintaining, you know, that, that empathy for everyone that's there to to help serve people and, um, kind of helps you stay humble.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Humility is important. I've heard a lot of people, I I was listening to a message actually today. Um, and this is from my faith perspective on humility. Uh, And he spoke about how humility, he, he mentioned how humility is almost like the father, the figure, the father of promotion, um, especially in the Christian faith. That's one of the things that they discuss, And also, um, one of the things you can do is be strategic with your humility looking for ways to serve other people and um to make uh to not emphasize or inflate your self-importance so yeah that's good so why did you choose medicine as a field to do your doctoral studies in why medicine i'm sure you've got this question lots oh, of yeah. times so. yeah
1: and the, the answer is different every time <laughs> <laughs> but, you, know, uh, you know medicine is is just such a broad broad field there's so much opportunity there's so much to learn. There's so much to do. There's so many opportunities, you know, big and small to make a difference in someone's day. I mean, you walk into uh, a a patient's room and and it can, your conversation can go one of many, many ways. Um, But if you look at that as an opportunity to, you know, have a great conversation, learn something about someone, make someone feel good about what, whether it's their lab values or their diagnosis or their treatment plan or you know, whatever it is, you know, in, in just one day in a clinic or a hospital, you, you interface with so many patients, families, people on your team, you can make someone's, you know, hospitals stay a lot better by just sticking around, show that you're listening, show that you're happy to keep talking to them. And that's, that's a, that's a really cool privilege. I mean, you're, you're granted a lot of opportunity every day to make that, you know, difficult time a better one or make that operation a smoother one um and and you have ch- you have a chance to make sure everyone walks in the next day excited to work with you right i mean you that's that's another big part of it making sure that everyone's taken care of so
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know also to be frank i'm a bit of a nerd i mean i used to compete in quiz bowl and all sorts of academic competitions in high school and same on, same on, on television and all that stuff and i mean i used to yeah. study for fun so I figured that that same energy may come handy in a career like this. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude, yeah. nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's good. That's a good, healthy way to have fun. So I did uh, the exact same thing. We in Baku, in the is um, the competition was called Ball of the Brains, dude. We we studied hard for that competition. Okay. Yeah, and we did well. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. as we conclude, um, uh, what specifically, um, are you? Leaning towards for your residency or your specialty?
1: Yeah, so so right now, um, if I had to tell you today, it would be anesthesiology. Okay, um, that's sort of what I'm thinking about going into potentially pain after that, but that's you know another decision for a later date. But yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking about right now. It's a really nice mix of um, you know real time medicine. You're 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 constantly thinking on your feet, you know, coming up with anesthetic plans or managing people before, during, and after surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, your hands a lot you get to do a lot of things Uh, a lot of people don't know what the anesthesiologist does. everyone has the idea that we or that not we but that they sit in the room and 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 read a newspaper and just hang out but um there's quite a lot going on and um, Mm -hmm. got a little bit of exposure to that and um got to see what that's like and uh kind of fell in love with it um as soon as i got to spend time you know helping out with that so that's the current trajectory but
0: much tbd as we continue to progress through the story will unfold story will unfold so yeah man um do you have any advice why do you have any advice to those wanting to pursue the field you're currently working in or studying in
1: uh i would say just try to get exposed to as much as you can I mm-hmm. mean if you're if you're just dipping your feet into medicine and think you want to do one thing you know check out another thing and then add another thing after that and then another thing after that you know check out all, as many different specialties as you can mm-hmm. see what it's like to work in a hospital and we're in a clinic you know get as get as much of a feel as you can whether you're a pre-med or a first year or second year medical student you know reach out to people only if you know 20% of them respond you still are gonna have you know a lot of people that um, are willing to show you what their career is like. Just see what's out there.
0: Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's
1: so much variety, even down to the minutiae. I mean, when you think about, you know, one one cardiologist day, uh, you know, may look so different than another one's day. Whether mm-hmm. they're talking to a national medical association with a bunch of lawyers, or they're working in an office, or they're in a you know a cath lab all day. You know, I, there's so much variation and opportunity out there. I think in medicine, we often think, okay, well, you're going to go to med school and you're going, to, you're going to graduate and then you're going to go to residency and then you're going to get a job and then that's it for the rest of your life. Um, but there's there so many different ways to practice. Um, there's so many opportunities that are, exist or are waiting for you to create. Um, mm-hmm. You might realize if you take a step back and that and, there's so much freedom out there for how you can practice and, and live your career out.
0: Wow, that's good. So what is the most beneficial advice you have received as we conclude? What is the most beneficial advice you have received, Sebastian? That
1: is a good question. Um, I've received a lot of advice, a lot of it from myself, which is the same advice that I never listened to. (laughs) No, but I mean, this is actually, something that I heard one day that's actually stuck with me for a long time. It's Mm -hmm. pretty unconventional, but one day it must have been must've been back in college or like on a college break where I was at home. I was, I was walking through my mother's living room and there was some talk show playing. Um, they must've been talking about some diet or exercise program. I don't really know, but it's a bit out of context, but the, the guest said something along the lines of the more you do, the more you do. And I think that's so true for every part of life. I think that, you know, the more responsibility you give yourself, the more objectives that you have and that you give yourself, the more room you'll make for them. Um, And the more things that you'll learn, people you're encounter. um, I think, you know, I kind of, maybe you could liken it to, you know, when you have a a really big empty room in a, in a, in a house that hasn't been filled with furniture yet. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think as you start to fill up that room with furniture, you realize, wow, this room is like way bigger than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, wow, so much is fitting in here and I can put stuff on the floor. I can put stuff on the wall, on the table, you know, underneath the, in the closet, you know, wherever. And you realize that there's so much more space from there than you thought. You just had Mm -hmm. to make it fit. And then that negative space in that room actually becomes a lot more intentional. Right. And of Mm -hmm. course we need rest and we need, we need a leisure time and all that stuff. But I think that also becomes a lot more valuable when you just have given yourself more things to do and, and challenge yourself with. So I think, you know, that's a great quote that I, that for some reason that stuck with me, I don't know why, I mean, i yeah. <laughs> probably the only talk show thing I've
0: ever remembered, but um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good way to view it. Yeah, that's good. But well, Sebastian, thank you so much for joining me today. It was good to have you on at the guest. Thank you.